episode 109, Teacher Overboard. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, elite educators, this is Gretchen of Always a Lesson. I'm an educator who realized that lessons are all around us if we take time to notice, and then when we do, we can perfect our craft. Well, this podcast is for the elite, the ones that are taking the time to invest in themselves, obviously like listening to a podcast like this one. That way they can be their best for those that they serve. Well, I share the lessons I learned, am learning, and will learn so that you can apply those nuggets of knowledge without the baggage that comes with learning the lesson yourself. And my aim is really to empower you every episode, so tune in for what's in store for you today. This particular episode is especially for new teachers as we talk about making impactful decisions as the leader of your classroom without going overboard. So let's reignite your passion and potential. Are y'all ready? Here we go. Well, last week we discussed the myth of classroom decor and how the sparkling shiny object syndrome gets the best of us, but it really doesn't impact student learning as it should. In fact, this week I want to add on to my thoughts and move beyond just the classroom decor as keeping up with the Joneses can be deceiving, especially if you're a new teacher. Well, two past episodes have really touched on this topic if you want to go back and take a listen. The first one was don't let FOMO steal your teaching magic, and the other one was put down your wallet and teach. And both of those remind us that we don't have to jump on every bandwagon to be a good teacher, and we certainly don't have to go broke doing it. So the rationale for this episode started from this ridiculously popular discussion thread in one of the Facebook groups that I'm in. And I'm not just saying that lots of people commented. It's actually that they commented so quickly, like viral quickly. And that's really why it caught my attention as something that teachers still need to talk about. It's an obstacle that's holding us back and one that has us torn, one that's distracting us from just doing our main job, which is educating kiddos. So because of the fact that it's a need, even after discussing particular aspects of this larger issue on past episodes. I'm going to do a deep dive on this episode in hopes it really helps you sort through the mayhem. I entitled this episode Teacher Overboard because that's what's happening right now, this summer. It's absolutely overboard. Teachers are literally raiding Target Dollar Spot, Walmart back to school college section, Dollar Tree teacher section, and many more. And then teachers are posting their loot on social media. And so everyone goes crazy and excitement builds. And guess what? Everyone goes out to wherever the latest deal was and gets more stuff until the next post on social media where this repeats and repeats and repeats. And this is a dangerous behavior that's really gotten worse since many educators follow other educators who love teaching and all this overachieving on fire for education people are actually not good for each other. It's a good thing they all don't teach in the same school. I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I surround myself with those people on purpose because that's how I keep a positive attitude about everything in education. But sometimes when you're surrounded by all the sameness, you think it's normal. You think it's everyone when really it's just a small sample of people in the world. But because it's your whole circle of influence, you feel, oh my God, it is everyone in the world. That's the FOMO piece, but we've discussed that before, so I won't go there. Why don't I just let you in on some of the conversation that took place on Facebook, and then I'll share my own perspective and provide some tips. So I'll do my best to kind of protect the teachers by not giving out their full name as I read some of their concerns and some of their great advice. So here's the original post that caught my attention and then the fury that happened after. I won't read everybody's, and I'm only going to read snippets that really add into my main message. But I think you're really going to get encouraged by how teachers backed each other up and stood together for this one common theme. So the original post says, I've been wondering if I'm the only one who's thinking this. This is meant for open discussion and not judgment as I'm just as guilty as what I'm about to say. Have we gone way overboard with the Pinterest buying, Martha Stewart room decorating, and TPT buying? And then later she goes on to add, but here's the other side that is starting to become a realization. Many teachers are complaining about spending their own money and low salaries, but there's a big difference between having to buy pencils, crayons, notebooks, and other supplies versus buying banners and hanging balls from the ceilings and bouncy chairs because flexible seating's the new thing. I have seen so many posts about buying seating and furniture because it's cute or it's a good buy. But let's be honest, we all know what these kids really need, and that's recess and more than gym once a week. And now we're spending that much more to just put a Band-Aid on it. And I feel badly for new teachers coming into this career thinking that everybody needs to do this. And she goes on a bit more, but I'm going to stop here for now. So one side of the argument Teachers feel like, you know, do what you want. It's your money. It's your time. But the other side of the argument is y'all don't have to do that. So let's hear from the pro side first. So Colleen mentions, you know, the way I look at spending money for my classroom is that I'm there more than I'm at home. If it makes my life more organized or easier, I am willing to buy it. I also look at it as my home away from home, and I want to be comfortable and feel like me. But at the same time, I also believe that if you don't want to do that for your room, I'm not going to judge your decision, so please don't judge mine. And I think that's a pretty fair rationale. You know, everyone do what you want, and don't point fingers. If that makes you happy, go for it. And I like the way that she mentioned it's a home away from home. I did that with my classroom, too. I wanted it to feel cozy. I wanted to feel relaxed because you spend so much time there. So, Colleen, I get you. So, Deirdre couple threads later says, you know, I control seating and brain breaks and smooth transitions and consistent systems. And that all enables movement. She's kind of talking about that students need more recess thing and make my classroom highly efficient. But sometimes these things cost money. Hands-on activities are highly effective, but they cost money. Books kids will read eagerly cost money. So could I do the same job without spending money? Absolutely. But would it be the same quality? Absolutely not. So Deidre makes a good point. Like, we don't have to spend our money. The kids are going to be just fine. But this extra little bit that we put there means we can get a lot of the better books that we want our kids to have. Or students that need fidget spinners or bouncy balls, you know, now they can be better accommodated. So there is something to say about spending a little bit of your own money and a little bit of your own time to just 
step it up a notch. So Deidre sounds like she doesn't go overboard. It sounds like she's willing to put in a little bit of extra, which again, to me, sounds, you know, pretty level-headed. But let's look at the other side of the fence by starting with a teacher that's kind of on both sides. So Laura mentions two points I want to highlight. First, she says, I'm selective what I spend my money on. Sounds like what I was just saying. I make sure it's something to improve instruction to make my class homey. Yes, love that. That's what we talked about last time. But later she also adds on saying, just because you have a pretty room doesn't mean kids are learning. And that has been my point this whole time. I love color-coded stuff. I love my name personalized on everything. But y'all, that does nothing. And I learned it the hard way. It literally was, it wasn't worth spending the money on that because it doesn't have a big impact on my students' learning. I didn't have, make a lot of money in the beginning. And that's where I was spending all my extra cents. Like, what a waste. So I love that she says, you know, she's selective in what she's doing. I think that's great. But she's also indulging a little bit, which is healthy. It's it's a hobby. It makes you happy. Like, yeah, we don't need to buy that $5 drink at Starbucks. But, hey, if it puts a pep in your step once a week, like, whatever. Go do it. You know, we all have our vices. And if you want your classroom to be super cute and you acknowledge, hey, you know, this whatever doesn't really impact student learning, then fine. But that's what we are talking about, going overboard. So um, I think Laura hit its home when she says, you know, just because it's pretty doesn't mean kids are learning. And that's what I want new teachers to take away is I know the Pinterest stuff is like, and Instagram makes everything look so amazing and you just want to jump right in there and teach but that stuff isn't really impacting students. And so if you have a limited budget and you don't have a lot of time to dedicate, you know, transforming a classroom to look like that, by the way, it took me five years to get my classroom the way I even wanted it, then start being selective, like Laura said, about what you're spending your money on and make sure it ties back to kids. And if it doesn't, that can wait or ask Santa <laughs> or uh, ask parents to donate if it's something that you know isn't really, you know, something you need to spend your money on. So moving the discussion along, Love Learning on Instagram shared an image of a shirt that said, do you really need all that stuff? Hashtag teacher husband. (laughs) And we're all guilty of like, oops, shouldn't have spent that much. Like, oh, the husband doesn't kill me. And we're kind of joking, but sometimes you look at the loot that teachers put on there. It's like, holy cow, that's like a mortgage payment. (laughs) That's the overboard stuff we're talking about here. Like, holy cow, do you need all those things at one time or can you slowly build? Can you make a wish list? Can you prioritize? Like, we have to think about this better. Better. We're not saying you can't or you shouldn't, but we just need to decide, is it going to have an impact on students and do you need to do it all right now because it's not all about money sometimes it's about time and about headspace and we have to protect ourselves and all of those avenues caitlin mentions that in my opinion my kids need me and to know i care about them so she's definitely saying do not invest in all this stuff because at the end of the day all that matters is that kids know you show up for them you want the best for them and you're going to help them achieve that and that is a hundred percent where I come from I too um, however <laughs> like to indulge with the cutesy stuff and and get on the latest bandwagon so I'm not a hundred percent in either camp I'm kind of you know got both feet in each one but I think Caitlin reminds you that guys at the end of the day the kids need you and nothing else. They don't need the stuff. Well, Janet's also on the same page as Caitlin, and she really brings it home for me. She says, 
I agree with your overall point. She's going back to that original post. We are overspending on cute things for the classroom that aren't necessary. Mo Williams, stuffed animals. Hello, Coles. Thank you. I love that you pair stuffed animals with books. Uh, my, my daughter's only eight months, and she's <laughs> probably got the whole collection. I might have gone overboard. I'm telling you, I'm guilty. It's hard. It's cute. It's fun. But uh, Janet also goes on to say, you know, anything from Target's dollar spot, none of that stuff is necessary. It's mostly just to make our classroom environments more in inviting. But some things, like flexible seating, really do benefit students in tangible ways. However, I think schools should provide us with flexible seating options. It shouldn't be the burden of the teacher's wallet to provide a better learning environment. Cute stuff, fluff, decorations, I'm fine with paying out of pocket. But curriculum, including teachers pay teachers or furniture, should be paid for by the district. So that's an interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. She also says, so should classroom libraries. There's all this research on the benefits of classroom libraries, but I've always bought all my own books. That's a huge part of the educational aspect of school, yet we're expected to provide ourselves. I do flexible seating, have a fair amount of cute decor, and an extensive library. So she's kind of saying... Hey, I bite the bullet and I do it, but I'm not happy about it. But I think she brings a great solution about schools providing funding. So if this is something you see a lot of teachers in your building do it, bring it to your principal and say, hey, can we use some extra funds? Maybe we don't hire a teacher assistant this go around. Maybe we use that budget to purchase some of these items and here's the research behind it. I think that's definitely a great way to go forward. Well, Taylor, in reading the, all this thread, there's many more comments I'm not even getting to. She's relieved, and she says, As a new teacher this fall, I appreciate this post. It's hard coming into all this bye, 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 but not so much distinction between needs versus wants. Well, speaking of needs versus wants, one teacher was, was kind of doing devil's advocate with himself and said, Okay, some needs for me, organizational tools to make me less stressed. Makes sense. But the once of that is some really cute organizational tools that make me happy and less stress. And she does it again. She says, okay, a need is my students feel welcomed in my classroom. But my want is my students do feel welcome and they have everything they need or want to reach their best potential. And so I like that teacher. That's, that's definitely level-headed thinking. Like, hey, I know that they just need a safe place, but I want to make it cute and fun because that makes me happy. Um, but I'm also not going to go by absolutely everything. I'm going to decide maybe one thing. I think that's the way to definitely go about this. Some teachers were posting their loot from the years before and how they don't even get to use all the things they buy because they buy so much. They went overboard that they weren't even able to put to use what they purchased from last year. But now they're in the aisle at Target or somewhere else buying more stuff. And it's like, hey, look what I found, like, deep in a box. I never even used it last year. And that's when you know, like, all right, y'all, we have got a problem. <laughs> well, Celeste, just like Taylor's, relieved for all this discussion. And she says, thank you for having the guts to just come out and say it. I've been dancing around it for weeks, making comments like, the kids won't care about the matching Chevron borders. <laughs> you know, trying not to seem like I'm being judgmental. I'm anti-teachers feeling inadequate because of the cute posts and perfect pics and causing themselves sleepless nights and empty pockets trying to keep up. If you are new, your number one is familiarizing yourself with curriculum and understanding standards. Making everything cute is really way down on the list. And if you do have to hide your purchases or feel guilty, you probably should not buy. That said, if you have the money or feel you absolutely have to have something, by all means, go for it. I get it. Holy cow, Celeste, you took all my advice literally out of 
my mouth. I love that you were saying the kids aren't going to notice matching borders. They don't. They they know it's cute and it's inviting that first impression. We talked about that last episode. But beyond that, their eyes are on you. They just want a connection with you. They want a relationship with you. They want to feel safe. They want to have uh, interactions with their peers. And none of that is given from the borders that look pretty on the outside of the wall. So the lifespan of that having an impact was 0.1 second as they saw it and then walked in the classroom. And now they don't even notice it. You know, um, and I love how she says she doesn't want teachers feeling inadequate. Like how awful we make teachers feel bad before they even start teaching. Our number one job is to teach like all this other stuff is the fun part of teaching, but it's really not the most important. And somehow we've glamorized it because of social media. And now we're teacher shaming each other and making one another feel inadequate during the summer when we're supposed to be resting and everyone's in their classroom setting up and Pinterest perfecting everything. It's not good, y'all. It's not healthy. It's not good for our profession. And I love that she says, if you feel guilty of what you're doing, listen to that gut. You probably shouldn't be doing it. I mean, that's some tough love there, Celeste, but I like it. Molly added in a twist. She said, you know, if you think you're doing it for the kids, you're fooling yourself because I'm sure they don't notice your matching bins. (laughs) However, a lot of the buying is what makes my life easier. And sometimes cutesy things just make me happy. But it's still important to keep it all in perspective and not go overboard all the time. Bam. Whole point of my episode. Thank you, Molly, for summing that one up. But my main point is hit home by Dawn. She said, you know, I think that's how many teachers feel and not because anyone's making us feel that way. It's just our own human nature. We somehow begin to feel inadequate if our room isn't picture perfect. But in the end, I don't think the kids notice half of it. It's the adults that get more satisfaction from it. Yeah, keeping up with the Joneses. That's what I was saying. And April reminds us, it's okay to spend money on things that make you happy and provide an environment you feel would be beneficial to your students. But... It is not necessary, and I feel that many times some teachers feel pressured to keep up. I think it's great to set up a classroom that is functional and inviting without breaking the bank. Remember that the students learn most and enjoy because of the teacher and not because of the fabulous, extravagant classrooms. April for the win. That was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. You want your classroom to function. You want it to be inviting. You want people to come, but it's only about the learning and not about the extravagance. So thank you to all the teachers for taking time out of your day to add in this commentary to this topic in the Facebook group. You are truly making our profession better and healthier. Well, everything within reason is kind of my life motto. Too much of any one thing is actually not good. Balance is key in every decision I make for myself personally and professionally, and that is the key here. If you want to jump on the bandwagon for what's hot in education right now, go ahead. But it's with your own money, your own time, your own mindset. It's it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just your choice. But don't feel pressure to do it, and don't make others feel pressured to do it. If you do it, own it but that means you can't jump on the next bandwagon that's where you start going overboard you can't do every bandwagon so if if i were you i would take stock of what's hot right now and i would choose one you know flexible seating or color-coded libraries or technology tools whatever go after one or none if you don't want to and that's it budget your time budget your money budget your headspace you can't handle doing it all nor should you have to do it all going overboard will have such a negative effect on your instruction because You're going to be stressed out, and you're also stressing the wrong things. 
kids learn every day without a dime being spent, without the world being in perfect order. So give up the notion that you have to do it all and give up the notion that it has to be some specific X, Y, or Z because that will come and go. Just do you and love on kids and the rest is just extra. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on making instructional decisions that count without going overboard. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. (laughs) 